0: Welcome to the Farrow Spit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle.
1: What up, Robin? What's up? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Am I the last guest of your guys' series? Of 2020? Of 2020? Are you
2: 2020? the last guest? Yeah.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh my
2: gosh, yeah, what yeah. a You're Christmas the last guest miracle! <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. I'm here today uh, with Robin Reader, one of our uh, top female coaches, um, who has a really interesting story. That's Emily Cavell, by the way, in there. Just a big with the fan whoops, over here. With the whoops, Number one fan. fan. Um, I'm going to be talking to both Robin and Emily today. Um, we've got some really interesting topics to talk about. Um, Robin has a, a unique story, a very interesting story, and a fascinating story. We're actually going to start that story... Oof. With a tale, Emily's going to tell the tale. Okay, and well, it's this hard. is basically I, I this mean... is basically how we first became aware of Robin and who Robin is. And then, once Emily's told this tale, we're going to go on a journey from the point of the tale to now. Okay, and we're going right. to Robin's going to walk us through it's what a happened journey. between. It's a journey. What happened between then and now?
2: And I must say, my memory is a little hazy. Okay, so I'm actually going to ask you. Okay, for this. like how far back are we going? So when. I first heard about Robin Reader, not even met Robin Reader, but heard about Robin Reader as like a full name. Okay, (laughs) was some crazy story about robin screaming at somebody on a run no you
1: knew me before that
2: <laughs> um the, let me that i did know you before this so yeah, knew I, i'm me slightly as a friend exaggerating the story that. okay but what the reason this that I say it this though. way i do i the reason i say it this way uh it's the first time i met robin as a full as robin reader yes as in a woman who knows exactly who the fuck she is yes And it was the first moment that I... That's why I say it's the first moment that I knew of Robin Royer. Okay. And that kind of set the tone for knowing you. You know, you meet someone and you're like, oh, hey, and everyone's polite. And everyone's blah, blah, blah. And you don't know the true, like, the authenticity of a person. And... Uh, and then from that moment on, I'm like, oh wow, authenticity and presence is something that Robin has I clearly. I don't know if this story is like
1: my brightest. Star. Okay, let's well, let's let's tell the
0: story. Let's tell okay. the damn story. Okay, go. What is the story? You need
1: help. Uh, I need help. Okay, so it <laughs> was. I think it was twenty. It was 2016 because Pharaohs has not opened yet. It was 2016. Yeah. So 2016. Pharaoh's Pete not and I just yet. met. Just started yes. dating. And so me and Emily were friends before this, so she did know this, but. So, Emily and Pete just started dating. It was an open gym situation at the gym we were all going to at the time. Emily was coaching there. Pete was actually kind of coaching there as well. So,
0: I was underground coaching.
1: You, he was underground. Undercover, was, <laughs> undercover coach. <laughs> <laughs> Took all of us with him. No, just kidding. Um, really? It was a workout I did with my husband. My husband had just got into functional fitness at the time, and it was heavy deadlifts. Because he wanted to do it, and I knew I had to work on my weakness, which was running at the time. So it's like, I remember the workout. It was deadlifts and it was running. Okay? Five rounds of something shitty. <laughs> the run, you had to run out onto a busy street in Los Angeles, which I won't name the street, but it was a busy street, high traffic, a lot of people can see you. Then you run up a street that's like perpendicular to that street. So I make the turn for my 400-meter run up the street. I'm struggling. My legs are, like, basically dragging behind me. Kyle's far ahead of me, who's, you know, just starting to do functional fitness. I'm kind of getting discouraged at this point in the workout. My husband's very strong. So this group of three girls walk by me. They block the sidewalk, okay? Oh, my God. One of them starts laughing at me. Because I am literally probably look like an asshole. Oh, no. I'm like in a sports bra. I'm in like little tiny booty shorts with my big fat legs rubbing together. They're not fat. They're strong. I'm going to rephrase that. Oh, I love you for saying that. And, you know, one of them laughs at me. And any of you that have played a competitive sport know that there is a zone that you can go into. For me, I was in that zone. I was struggling. I was fighting my way out of this hole I was burying myself in. Um, I saw red, and I... <laughs>
2: basically <laughs> That's what I remember. The only thing I remember about the story is yeah. Robin saw red. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I saw red. The, my nickname playing soccer growing up was Red Card Robin. For the same reason. So this is me. Red card Robin. So this is a long standing. This This is is a long standing thing. I hadn't seen this part of me in a very long time. Oh God. So it came out like you know post soccer like 10 years later or something. And I told this girl I was going to fucking kill her. Oh my God. (laughs) So you know I finished my run. I'm coming back. The three girls are standing in the gym. Talking to Shep. And Shep is like the nicest guy ever. The gentle. The gentle giant. giant. So nicest guy ever. He's like, why are you talking to me? I have no idea what happened. So I run back in looking like a hot mess. And then she's like, I'm calling the cops. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pete. She's like, she
2: saw red. You guys, if you know Robin, you know that, that tone.
1: Yeah. uh, So all uh, I said was (laughs) I was going to fucking kill her, which I shouldn't have said. I have said that before playing soccer. It's something that comes out.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I got not, transplanted back to 10 years like, Robin. I just wanted
1: PTSD. So I like, whatever, something triggered me. So she's saying that she's going to call the cops. And then I don't know if you remember this part. You guys are opening at this point, you guys are like finishing the shed. She somehow finds that oh. I came and did a workout here as you guys are about to open on my Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I And she yeah. contacted your Pharaoh's Instagram account. Oh, Allison, yeah, I do remember this. Allison at the time was, yeah. was doing your Instagram. And she was basically like, if you hire this person, blah, 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 blah. Like, she's a horrible person. I'm going to have a restraining order. She's not going to be allowed in Echo Park. Oh, my
2: God. I feel like I blacked out because I oh forgot God. all of that. Yes. Now it's flooding back to me. And now it's even funnier that we started with this because we did, in fact, hire you. Yes. <laughs> and yes. here we are today.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, I think that was a big moment for me because, you know, I had to, like, really, like, check my privilege. I think that's What do like you mean a, when you say that? Like, if... She, th- I threatened to kill someone. She threatened to call the cops. Nothing ever actually took place. But if I was a different person and I did do those things, like she could have maybe called the cops. She could have maybe got a restraining order. But like, you know, so you I mean knew you that that got away with? It I got because, away right, with something because of, because of, because of being a white female, or that you didn't get checked on or exactly, or, anything like, that. or yeah. like she didn't slap me, yeah. or she no one like she didn't attack me or something. Yeah. You know, know. and it's funny
2: because we're going to get into this, but I have almost, I've always in the past said like the advantages that you have as being, like, I'm like, oh, I get a, I, I, uh, I think I get away with a lot more actually as a female coach in terms of, you know, like those types of things. And I've always used that type of language as a female, as like a female leader. And you kind of forget where it's like, oh yeah, like it come, it It comes from a, it comes from a place of just like not really understood, like, yeah. not knowing that other people will have a different story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's fun because like that maybe moment per se kind of started this rabbit hole that now here we are literally over four years later, you are a mom, you are an incredible strength coach, you are an advocate, you are a human, you are a wife, you are like, you know, you, uh, I feel like you have really like found a way to masterfully like own that voice that you have. Check who it is that you are and make sure that you're using that voice to like
1: empower and amplify others. And you've I, done a
2: really good I job hope,
1: I I hope I have come out of that in that situation. I hope to never go in again. Like it is, you know, it, we're not talking about my therapy here, but it is like, <laughs> it is one of those it could things. Be. We could be. We uh, It is one of those things that, you know, I do come back to because why do I go there?
0: Right. Like well, what let me, triggers someone to go there? Let me just say, one, let me just say one thing, like, And I'm not saying red card Robin is a good thing, but there was a lot of people these days. I mean, what happened was you were running, you were exhausted. They took one look at you and they laughed at you. And there are a lot of people these days that say things and they laugh at people and and then they're not made accountable for their actions. You made them accountable. You shouldn't have said what you said, but... It's hard in that moment it's hard, when like, you
2: have a voice, you have the like when you have that desire, you have like this, uh, the injustice, you know, when yes. you have that feeling of just like, oh, you're not
1: understanding who I am. And I think the injustice is like a really big part of it because, you know, my husband was in front of me. He ran past them. If Pete would have ran past them with his shirt off or Jeff or someone like these right. listening bodies, right. would have they laughed at him? No, different. it would have been like, damn. Like, look at that hunk. But no, they laughed at me and I just feel like I'm working just as hard as them. Right. Yeah. So So
2: it was a It was a total trigger trigger. on many, many levels. Yes. It just manifested itself in Red Card Robin. Yeah. (laughs) And, and,
0: And honestly, like, you know, we're going through everything we're going through at the moment. And socially, there's a really interesting place right now. It's like you, people can do things to us. And if we react in such a way, we can get in trouble for it. But there's never any, it doesn't feel like there's too much re- repercussion for the people who are doing things to us. Well, we're finding we that right the, now. Yeah. Well, but if we react in the wrong, wrong way. Well, we specifically
2: talking about vandalism, just, in, just yeah. to be yeah, like very frank. Or, it's just, Yeah, but vandalism or, you know, like if someone vandalizes your property, like you suffer, you try to make people happy, people will still vandalize your stuff. And the account, like no one, you know, the cops aren't coming, the, yeah. you know, no police report, nobody cares. Vandalism, So it abuse, makes you feel like you need to have that moment of like... Yeah. You know,
1: of checking someone in that moment. If this was 2020 and I did what I did, you know, I don't think... You'd have been canceled. Yes. The cancel culture. (laughs) I would have been canceled. My social media, probably. Like, I blocked her on social media. I don't even remember her name. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I have quite a few clients and members out there that are probably in acting classes with her. Because I hear (laughs) she is an actress. Um. But you know I I don't necessarily regret what I did but I do think it has made me a better person it's such a learning tool it's a learning For a better or worse. as
2: an adult just like going a through a city, shitty yeah. workout you know it, it, like through hardship or through the mistakes yeah. do we learn the most the most amount of lessons and through that do we check ourselves because when everything's going great we're like I'm awesome I don't need to check myself you know so yeah. when you're confronted with those things it, you know yeah
0: it, so let, let's let's go from that point because okay. you've had one hell of a journey Okay, um, red card so robin it was so we're 2016, ending 2016, 2016. Now, yeah, 2016 that this happened. We did hire you. We, we did, did hire you. Was 2020, <laughs> 2020 where we are now. Take us on a journey from 2016 to now. Okay. What, what's happened to you? We're
1: gonna do. I'm gonna speed up through some of it. Slow down through some of it. Yep. So hold Just on. Do your
0: thing. Do your thing.
1: Buckle up. Okay. So hired here at Faros was not hired initially as a coach. Because, you know, they didn't know me as a coach. So I was hired as front desk. I, no,
2: you were hired because I needed so much help organizationally. Oh, yeah. And remember, it came from more of a consultant. You were like, you should do this, that, and the other thing. And, oh, my parents have owned businesses. Yeah. And they know about accounting and all of this. So I was like, I need you. Yeah. So it really came from a place of, like, needing you in this specific uh, moment. Like, a moment. Yep. Yes, but continue.
1: Okay, so I got hired on. I helped with front desk. Um, I'm really, really, I'm good with numbers, obviously, through... Um, with all my strength training and all that, but I'm very bad at writing emails, and Emily learned that early on.
2: I think I fired you from, fr- I was like, yeah. I love you, Yeah, and you can yeah. never write I can another not, email yeah, again. Yeah, never
1: writing emails. Anyways, my <laughs> husband got a job working on a Marvel film in Atlanta, so I was like, okay, well, I don't have, like, a serious career going on right now, so I'm going to just follow him to Atlanta and see what happens so, follow him. I end up getting my CrossFit level one while I'm there. I trained really hard with one of um, a top tier gym there. I learned a lot there at that gym. I also had learned a lot through Emily, Lucy, Pete, and then I will say this and I'm shouting out, and you guys won't love me for it. But, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot through Jeff. Um, And, like, I do consider Jeff like one of my mentors. Absolutely. That's one of our
2: questions later knowing what your answer is. Yeah. (laughs) So, Jeff is one of my mentors early on. But...
1: Um, so when I came back You guys did You guys hired me on Pretty much right away When I got back from Atlanta That yeah. summer It was
2: fun to watch you On social media from afar Because it was like You were here and yeah, you we were gone But I, we stayed with You know We stuck it together And saw that you were yeah. Like posting About yeah. all of this stuff And just like it, That seed was really Taking yes. off Yes
1: um, Got pregnant right When I got back Yeah right When you got back Got pregnant right away Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, is This was, is like, this 2017 This now? is tw- end of 2017 Coming up so we're in the end of 2017. Get pregnant right away. Um, have a pretty easy pregnancy. Yeah, you were crushing. Yeah, I was working out like normal. Didn't really stop doing anything. You kind of had baby gains. Yeah, I had like baby gains. Strong. I was very strong. I, I didn't really stop anything except ab workouts, I think, mm-hmm. early on. I am really, I have a short torso. So I was really, really aware of my core. Um, and then come twenty five weeks pregnant, diagnosed with a rare cancer. So, uh, which cancer? Uh, Ewing sarcoma, which so is primarily it's a a primarily a pediatric cancer of the bone. So, like osteosarcoma, exactly. So, started. very similar to osteosarcoma. Um, this is there. I don't know what the difference between osteo and Ewing's is. It is different on how on a like a. De- on, a, on a graph. On a graph. It's the two. cells look different. <laughs> um, so 25 weeks pregnant, diagnosed with a rare cancer. Um, still, my pregnancy is going great. I feel great. It started as a tiny, tiny, tiny little lump the size of your fingernail. Had Something. you noticed it? It was right in my mom's pubis. So that area where your pubic hair grows... Also, that area where you make contact with the barbell. That's the moment. So if any of you weightlifters out there listening to this, like, it's not a cautionary tale. It doesn't happen from weightlifting. In my case, it just happened to happen.
2: What in that an incredible! Place. It, honestly, it's like you found out. It, it's, yeah, it's how you found out that yeah. you had it because, like, if you didn't have a contact sport yeah. right where it happened, then like, would you have caught it so early? Would you have? No, like, would probably you have not.
1: Because I was also pregnant. You can't see your vagina you, when absolutely. you're pregnant. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you have a belly. You can't look down there and see what's going on. Oh, that's but such like, an interesting I, point. You no, know, it's not that I even had any pain. I was just, you know, I'm aware of my body being like someone that's into weightlifting. Like, you are a little bit more aware of your body. When you're pregnant, you're way more aware of your body. Probably more aware than um, any other time in your life. Ever, You just think about being
2: pregnant 24-7. You don't have any other thought. And then, of course, 25 weeks hit, and then you think about being pregnant and and having having cancer.
1: So, you know, I had a tiny, tiny, tiny lump the size of a pinky fingernails, something that no one would go to the doctor for, but since you're already going to the doctor every three weeks at that point in your pregnancy, you're like, okay, I have this little lump. Can you look at it? My OBGYN, great doctor, looks at it, and he's like, you know what? It's nothing. It's the lipoma, which is just a fatty tissue. He's like, but you know, just to be careful, and, like, this is the saving grace because most doctors would turn me away. I know probably. I love him. Yeah. He's the way, uh, same yeah. doctor. We, yeah, uh, we, have the we same all movie. went to the same uh, doctor. So <laughs> while I was pregnant, a lot of people here were pregnant. And then Emily came, became pregnant, and then like, after. nine months after me. Yeah, I was inspired. Uh, very inspired. <laughs> Her and Pete. Um, Thanks for qualifying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Um, it is Pete's baby. Looks exactly like him. You know, so I got the ultrasound when I was in... I'm not going to go into, like, the details of being diagnosed with a rare cancer or being diagnosed with cancer. But, you know, as I was at that ultrasound, you knew something was wrong when the doctor, you know, isn't just... is, like, fixated on something and you're alone. And I remember going to that appointment alone because Kyle was working, still working on the Marvel movie. I think they were in reshoots. So he was across the street at Disney. And um, he had just started reshoots, I think. And I called him. I was like, you know what? The doctor, the, the, um, the guy doing the radiology wants me to go back up to Shamona's right away. So he, they had communicated as I, like, walked up the stairs.
0: This is all on the same day? This is all
1: on the same day. And Shimonas is like, Robin, we got to get you into a general surgeon. There's something going on. We don't know what it is. I'm like shit. So at this point, I don't even think of cancer. You no. don't even they don't even know it's cancer yet. They just know something's going on. I'm sure the person that did the first ultrasound knew something was up because it cancer that type of cancer, you can kinda of tell through ultrasound. But obviously he's not a pathologist. So, you know, I get the surgery, 26 weeks pregnant at this point, you know, going under, being pregnant, all scary, diagnosed with the rare cancer, 26 weeks pregnant now. Very scary. I initially, because I still feel 100%, like, besides being pregnant, I still feel really good. I initially told Pete and Emily right away, and I was like, look, I don't think I'm going to come back to work, you know? And that was really hard for me. Um, But I think I was only gone for a week. I think I had the surgery and I was yeah. Gone I remember for like
2: a week. I remember you coming to us and saying so. I have this thing and we're not sure. You were very yeah. calm about it. Yeah, it was like I just have to do this thing and blah blah blah. But I don't know. It'll probably like this will probably yeah. be the thing that like puts you know. Since now you're 26, yeah. You're like I'll probably have to finish the duration of this and I probably won't come back to work. Yeah, yeah. But Robin's
1: not like that. Yeah, I'm not like that. And so this, <laughs> you know, I got diagnosed with cancer. I healed from my surgery. My pregnancy is still going. At 100%. So I'm like, you know, I have, assuming that I'm going to have to, like, get this baby cooked all the way before I can do any treatment, I'm just going to go back to work, Mm. you know? Um, Never was I told, and I'm at UCLA UCLA at this point now. I'm at one of the biggest sarcoma research hospitals now. And I was never told, like, you know, you you might have to – like abort your pregnancy. They I was never, never told that. that. No, I never thought that. I was never told that the first time I met my surgeon, he was like, Oh, don't worry. You're not going to have to do that. Like, such you, as a, like, like nonchalant. Like as that's something I had thought about. I didn't, I never right. thought I was like, I'm going to cook this baby as much as I could. Right. You know, I'm already look 40 weeks pregnant. I have a tiny torso. So I was like, I'm going to get this baby going. <laughs> um, so, so your first thought of, yeah. uh,
2: of, uh, getting diagnosed is making sure that you can cook, still cook your baby. Yeah very good.
1: Yeah. So I get, you know, I I I get through 37 weeks of my pregnancy, still working out every day, still wow. coaching every day. Yeah. And then I think I was my last day of coaching was June 26th, I remember this. My last day of coaching was June 26th, 2018. And then I was induced on June 27th, 2018. Mm. And then Baby Royal was born June 28th, yeah. 2018. So like a long, I think it was 28 hours of labor, but vaginal, hard. Worth it. Worth it. You know, I cooked him as long as I could. Yeah. And he, he's really fine. Yeah. Like nothing's right. Not even a preemie. He was in the ICU or the NICU for one day because he had jaundice. Right. And they were like, yeah. healthy babes. Healthy babes. So yeah. everything's wow. good. Yeah.
2: And then, and we all knew that too. Yeah. Here Healthy Baby, amazing. Yep. How soon after uh, you had Royal were you
1: told that you needed to do treatment? So I knew of being induced at 37 weeks, I had about two weeks of bonding. Right. So I had about two weeks of bonding, and then I had to start treatment. And, you know, cancer is cancer, and, like, I'm in, I'm full-blown dove into the cancer community. So I know a lot about other types of cancers now just from peers and stuff. Ewing um, sarcoma's treatment is the hardest treatment because we have to be hospitalized for five days at a time once a month. So, you know, having a newborn baby and not being able to go into treatment and come home to your baby is pretty hard. Um, Mm. Nine months, nine months of treatment. Nine months. Nine months. So I did 13 rounds of chemo. Um, It was like something like 50 days in the hospital, 52 days in the hospital. A couple blood transfusions in there. 31 days of radiation. A couple surgeries. No hair, hair coming back, lost the hair again, and then um, now look at cute. And then now I have no. a cute little French bomb. <laughs> yes, she does. Um, but yeah, so now we're kind of uh, caught up to uh, 2019, and I came back to work a month after I finished treatment. Yeah, not being able to freaking squat my own body weight. <laughs> Isn't that but coaching a thing? people on how to squat with a heavy barbell. Okay, I'm going to slow <laughs> us down a little
2: bit because what mentally, like instead of going into you know, because we said this is not a podcast about yes, Robin's cancer, exactly, but it is a podcast about Robin's resilience, her presence, her attitude, and I would love for you to speak to like in the in the roughest moments, in the hardest parts, what were like. It sounds silly to say like. Tools, strategies, but, like, what kept you going? Or coming back? Uh, Through
1: treatment. You know, I'm not – like, this is, like, something I don't share with everyone, but there were days where I didn't think I would make it, where I was so sick and the chemo was so intense, and my – I was neutropenic, meaning I had no white blood cells. Like, I couldn't even stand up to get to the bathroom. There were days where I couldn't even – sip water because it tasted like drinking nails yeah Mm -hmm. like just gross you the only you and this is like i don't know i talk about this a lot again with my therapist jesus i have problems um (laughs) that i you can't even think about anyone else i have a newborn baby i have a husband I have parents, I have a sister, I have a best friend. But you cannot think, when you're in a life-or-death, fight-or-flight situation, all you can think about is how to survive. And um, you go into a survival mode, and you put your head down, and you fucking work. Mm. You close your eyes, just like you would through a hard workout, very similar, you close your eyes, and you grind, and you get through it and i 've talked to other mamas that have been through similar treatment as me, and we all say the same thing
0: now this this is interesting because do you think the process taught you that, or do you think that already existed inside of you Ooh, because i I remember nurture yeah, I remember when we, we we talked about this like Robin, you going through this, but yeah. us never hearing you complain. Um, never, never, no, never any kind of like, woe is me, this, why is oh this happening? Oh my gosh, to you me? should kind talk to of thing. my husband. Well, I know, but, I, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just yes. saying like from the outside from the perspective, outside. it was just this amazing like strength and resilience. And we were all like, how is she doing this? How is she staying so positive? I mean, you can say what you said about saying stuff for Carl, but the fact is that you did come back to work when you came back to work, you did train and you did work all the way up until. Yes. Pregnancy. So that, that, right. that did was happen. Was it in you or so did that, or
2: were you training it?
1: And if it, um, if
0: it isn't you, where did it come from? So,
1: oh, God. Red card, Robin. So I do think biologically it is in everyone. Do you have to train it? Probably. How to train it? Some people is probably through trauma of their past. I think in my case, mine is through a childhood trauma. I'm not going to get into that right now. I think mine was brought on through childhood trauma that I had gone through when I was eight and I had already been through something really hard in my life. Mm.
0: So, but the, you're saying that the trauma taught you resilience? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do. In so my you've case, been like- yes.
2: And you've been like honing that resilience and
1: what it looks like. Yes, and in my case, I think so. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Like, you only have yourself. I only have myself. I only know how I got through it. Um, Not everyone has got through it how I have got through it. I have other people I have talked to that have gone through the same treatment, and you know, they didn't get through it. And is positivity part of it? I think so.
2: I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that belief that like...
1: I'm not a glass half full Not person. at all. You aren't. I'm like <laughs> not that person. Like I'm not like, oh, you know, I'm not like, I'm not that person.
2: But but it, there is this idea, like as you were yeah. going through it, I had, it's, and of course I can yeah. say that with confidence now, yeah. but I had zero yeah, you doubt. you told me
1: this. I had zero yeah. doubt
2: that you weren't going to come back to work when it was yeah. all said and done. Like I had zero doubt that it, that like, it like you know I didn't worry at all I was like Robin unfortunately is made for this yeah. like for better or worse yeah. like you know give a trial or tribulation to anyone Robin will take that uh, obstacle yes. she will just bulldoze right through it I just had no doubt so yeah. it's hard because like is that false positivity sure I didn't want to make any room for any other no, like exactly. I did you know I didn't want to make room for the negative thoughts to consume me. Yes. And I'm sure, That's like, having experienced it, you're like, yeah. I just can't let it uh, You cons- can't. And, it, and, you
1: know, every day I think about it. Every day I think about cancer. Every day I think about what if it comes back. But at the Yeah, end every of,
2: month, every, every two months you go for every, a scan. I'm at
1: every four months. Oh my now. gosh, you've graduated! I graduated to every four months. Um, so you know, I I live in like, and I told this to Emily not too long ago when right before I was going to get my um, USA weightlifting cert, and this was early on out of treatment. I was like I don't know if I should sign up for it because you know I don't know how my scans are going to go and I don't want to spend money and then like you think like shitty things like that cuz I live in like 3 month intervals. And I want to slap her across the yeah, face. Yeah, but because, you understand. But you like it's yeah. th- not that I don't think negative thoughts, but my positive thoughts, you just try to rain those up. Yes, above. exactly. Yeah. And
0: is is there any role models in here like a mother an aunt? Is there anybody that was like
2: I love that he said fit. he specified female.
1: Like what he, he- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, for okay, example, yes. So, my you, grandmother, right?
1: Okay, so my grandmother had three different types of cancer. She had a cancer in the 60s, she had a cancer in the 80s, both non related cancers. Sometimes cancers can like um, turn into secondary cancers, um, these are non related, and then ultimately died when I was a young adult of her third cancer. But you know, I never heard like heard her ever complain about having cancer in the past. I never really knew her as that person. And then when I, I unfortunately had watched her die, um, she never complained. You know, I, like, had, like, this person, like, who I saw so strong and, like, really, like, ultimately cancer did take her. But, like, she fought her hardest through her battle. And she battled three times. uh, Yeah,
2: no kidding. That must just be so inspiring to think about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, cancer is the fucking worst. And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of research that shows there's not a lot of, like, environmental stuff with Ewing sarcoma, coma. But, like, you know, everything goes through your head. Of course. And so, like, my husband yeah. says you can't go there, and I, my therapist tells me that as well, and you can't go there. and But I think a lot of the members now, some of the members remember me as pregnant Robin. And then some of the members know me as athletic Robin pre-pregnancy. And then the members now don't, some members know me as the girl that came back being bald. And then we have a lot of new members now. You yeah. right. guys have growth right. in the ashes. You yeah. really do. Like, I mean, I love these growth literally, in the ashes because it's the parking lot. The ashes of the parking
2: lot. <laughs> that someone poured gasoline yeah. on. <laughs>
1: the parking lot
2: is, I mean, if you think about it, that parking uh, lot started you too. Uh, that is yeah. uh, from the shed, man. From the, shed. the shed. Yeah, so from that parking ashes. lot has mm-hmm. been...
1: Yeah. a really key player it's in a this business. It's if, a garden of growth. That it business? is a garden of growth. But yeah, you know, so th- I don't think the newer members have any idea. Right. Mm. Of you what that, yeah. Of and that's what? kind of the fun of it. They
2: just get to see the polished yes. version of yes. what that, um, yeah. of that journey, you know? Yes. Like, uh, so let's, they let's just talk get about that. that. Let's
0: talk about that from like, what, what, what are the biggest lessons from, from Red Card Robin to you coming back? How do you think you've grown?
1: Oh my gosh, I've grown tremendously, but I think my biggest growth is holding my tongue.
2: <laughs> and how do you uh, how do you know when to do that? How do you know when to speak up? Yep. I, it, ha, it speak to how you're managing that because yes. I think a lot of, especially like women in leadership who uh, kind of play around with that as well, uh,
1: struggle with this, and would love to hear
2: how you yeah. Kind of um, that
1: out. I I want to be inspiring, I want to be an inspiring coach. That being said, I don't want to be inspiring for being a cancer survivor and being a coach. I want to be inspiring for being a good coach, for knowing my shit, for knowing how to correct people, for knowing how to get someone through a workout with proper form and not hurting themselves. I want to be inspiring for getting people like pumped for a workout. I think that's really important, especially being outside right now. Like people are coming We're in COVID times. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is COVID. The dark ages. It's the dark ages of COVID right now. We're in like our third lockdown. It's December. You know, people are over it. People are coming. This is their only time out of their house most days. Mm -hmm. Everyone's working from home. People's mental health is probably struggling. I know like Mm -hmm. mine is. I know my husband's is. I know my friends are. And so like when they come here, I want it to be a good part of their day. Mm -hmm. That is like super important to me. That being said, I'm not going to sugarcoat the workouts for people. If like I saw Pete yesterday programmed like 500 meter row repeats and I'm like, this is not going to be fun. Like, like, I was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. I was like 500 meter row repeats suck. Yeah. This is going to suck, but this is how you're going to get through it. And this is how I would get through it. And this is why it's programmed with a one-minute rest and not a two-minute rest. And I explain to everyone why things are programmed the way they are. And I think that really helps people get through a workout here. Right. Right now in these dark times.
2: And uh, when you speak to that idea of, like, holding your tongue um... – are, I snapped on Saturday at someone. Well, not at a member. You snapped no, at, a, snap at, a, at a passerby who was slamming their windows open and shut and well, screaming at our members. So, so it doesn't. But it doesn't matter because after because what you just said, which was how do you hold your tongue, is remembering that it's about them and not yes. about you. Exactly. That you want to be the best part of their day. And so sometimes, like, that is a really good tool. Like, remembering that why is a really good tool to holding your tongue and choosing your words wisely.
1: Yeah, I didn't yell at the woman slamming her window open and shut and yelling at us for an hour straight. No, you did not. I knew most of the members had headphones in, (laughs) so they couldn't hear her except the members that were right down there by her. And then I just told you guys, I was like, hey, look, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, we I can just backtrack a little bit here because I know, Emily, you, you struggle from the same thing from time to time as well, but do you think, both of you, your voice has become so loud because you've had to fight to be heard in the industry? Do you think it was kind of like a, well, if, I, if I'm going to be taken seriously, then I need to make myself heard. And if I want to make myself heard, I'm going to be somewhat boisterous with my voice.
1: I, I think for me... I from I had Emily as a coach before. I've had other strong female coaches before. And that's where I thrive the most as an athlete. So I kind of, like, stepped back and be like, what do I want in a coach? Mm. I've also had coaches that have had really weak, meek voices. And I will stomp them over. Right. So you know the yeah. kind of
2: coach that you need. So you want to be that, that kind exactly. of coach for others. I need
1: someone to really keep me on top of it. Right. And, like, tell me when I'm doing something that's going to be dangerous to myself or dangerous to others or tell me I'm doing a good job. I don't, I don't necessarily need that validation, but like, you know, someone that just keeps you motivated through a workout and that even if you do have headphones on for 50 minutes like we have outside right now, like you can maybe hear me through. <laughs> exactly. So I yeah, don't care I if the say, neighbors on Saturday morning here. I will me. say
2: anyone who says otherwise, like, no, that's just my voice is like lying. Because I remember uh, going through coaching development and sitting in a room with another female coach. And it was like a drill that she would turn the music up and have me like speak louder and louder and louder and louder. And then, uh, I, I'd get to this tone that would I know aren't is aren't you cringing just like it, it, the, the look on Robin's face right now is hilarious, um, but it, I, like this was like in it, horrible, but louder and louder, and then as soon as my voice would turn to that like kind of loudness that sounded like annoying and high pitched and like a little more mousy, she'd turn it off and be like, "Now that's not a coach's voice," and like you like it has to be a different like it has to be Wait, that someone, different sound.
1: Someone trained you to do that?
2: Yeah. You walked me through that. So it was definitely something where it was like. The this like I was trained to have like a quote unquote coaching voice, which is now why I play around so much. Like I was making the joke in our last coach's development that like sometimes my power voice is actually speaking like a child. Like it's when I like it's more, you know when I'm oh, like come on guys let's all round up. You oh no, like you're that I find voice. my like that voice sometimes gets me farther than the voice that I was trained to because that was like the well if you're going to be a woman in this industry then you have to have this voice, but you you can't it can't be too loud and too mousy. And it can't sound like that, you know. You'll be a so bitch. Because, yeah, and you have to be. You have make to sure be, that it sounds be, soft because otherwise yes. you're going to sound too too hard. That's my
1: big, I've, I've had complaints. You know, when the, I first started coaching the compete class, <clears throat> someone complained about me. <laughs> oh yeah, remember? Oh yeah, they complained about me, and you know what? And I think, and I will.
0: But then again, someone complains about everybody. I was gonna say <laughs> <That's> everyone <true. laughs> Complains about That's right. it. I don't it, think yeah,
1: honestly. Get... I I'm, I'm like probably the best person for constructive criticism because I take it with a grain of salt. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, because I'm like, whatever. No, no, <laughs> not because what I'm whatever. I'm not gonna be like, okay, this person's like hates it, me. Or it hates me, it. and I need to change my but entire the thing self. Is, like I exactly. knew the person who had to tell me didn't really want to tell me. Because knew I would be, like, that sexist. Right. And was that kind of because you Because that yeah.
2: was the... Because it cause is. It is. That, right. Ultimately, it is a little sexist. And why do you think that?
1: Because we... I think it is very clear that to be a female strength and conditioning coach in a gym of 90%... Huh, what's a male-female? We're probably 65-35.
2: Yeah. Which, which you don't like when you walk in you'll be like that's absurd no it's more like 80 20 but yeah. the energy yeah you right the, it's like if you actually do the numbers and look at it it's more like 65 35 but I absolutely yeah. understand and uh yeah it, I will amplify that point for you because yes it is normally male dominated yes, you'll it's be the male old.
1: dominated you have to have your voice heard for people to warm up correctly to do the movements correctly especially those compete classes you're flinging the barbell from your hip to your over your head you're flinging up over rings like there's other people walking by you have to be careful and it's a, for me safety is number 1
2: right so what maybe then after a class perceived oh she had a bitchy attitude and it's like well if that was a guy with the exact same tone yeah. and the exact same yeah. thing exactly would you call would you call him a bitch would you call him harsh uh, so
0: can I can I ask a, a broader question here yeah. yeah so currently you know Ferris is 2 thirds female owned um, I feel like our ratio between male and female coaches is probably even now, or maybe yeah. even more women yeah. than men. Um, um, do you feel like the industry? Yes. Do you feel like the industry still is like? Do you still consider it to be a male-dominated industry, or do you think it's fairly even now? Because I'm just from my perspective, I don't, I don't feel that kind of like. Um, I don't feel like it's male dominated anymore because I have such strong female like influence in my business and in my life. But obviously your perspective may be completely different. So do you still consider it to be a male dominated industry or do you think it's kind of evened out?
1: I think functional fitness. And I say that I think functional fitness has probably even things out has like really like been like a big forefather for this community. Um, I think there's probably more female coaches at gyms, I feel like. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I feel like I know more better female coaches than there I do. So you know what I, mean? I
2: know so many more better female coaches. Yeah. It's um, it like, it, it's crazy. And I think it is that like you, when you've mastered that voice, yep. you have a commanding pres- presence that's still so nurturing. It's like yeah. you've really found that like but uh, sorry for just using like binary terms here but like that masculine and feminine energy yeah. you've like you've like, uh, leveraged in your own self to be as effective as possible to both, you know, to any, um, like population, whether they're just starting out or they're a hardcore athlete or they're male, female, anything in between, whether they've just started, you know, everywhere. I think
1: think you're, I think you're right. I think there's a nurturing aspect to it that a lot of people enjoy and they need to get through those 60 minute classes, and it's
2: probably why you're also so nitpicky. I say that like yeah. my nitpickiness, or uh, rather my annoyingness, as yeah. I sometimes call it, is like comes from a place of you know, it's caring. like it comes from that place of caring. And that yeah. so, I went saying that, I know I sound exactly mm. like my yeah. mom and exactly like Pete's mom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I say it because it's only because I care. But it, it only really only is that care. like that feeling of just wanting to like give everything that you have to this moment, to this person, yeah. to this service, to this yeah. hour of your time. Yeah, it's your
1: your job really you're getting paid for that hour and i do all my jobs at 100 so this wouldn't be except maybe writing emails but 100 in my eyes
2: isn't it crazy that someone can be so great at something yeah and be like wow right you you know?"
1: know yeah
0: let me ask you another question um because i know like, personally, you, you veer more into the weightlifting side of things. Yes. You're doing your... I'm
1: straight in. I'm only doing weightlifting You're doing now. your Cal
0: Strength program and stuff like that. Yeah. What, what is it specifically about weightlifting that you love? and, and the Yeah. Are... So,
1: when I first started doing this type of fitness, it was originally weightlifting. So, if you no, don't I'm know not, what weightlifting no. is, there's a couple. So, that's the Olympic style of weightlifting that we see in the Olympics. It's the clean and jerk and the snatch. I started at a gym in Burbank. Um and i was just squatting and deadlifting things i kind of knew how to do from playing sports um and then this old man came up to me and he's like hey have you ever done this before and i was like no what i've never even seen it before mm. and so he taught me in this like globo gym in burbank how to snatch and then i was kind of progressing and i didn't they didn't have bumper plates at this gym and he's mm. like look He's like, you need to find a gym that has platforms. You need to find these gyms. These gyms didn't exist yet. Right. Yeah. What
2: was it about? Like, what do you think was the
1: spark? Like, what was it that you you were like, the challenge? And what do you mean? Yeah. So, there's such technical, beautiful, athletic lifts. You have to be so on to hit them perfectly. Um, Your flow of it, where the barbell connects with you, your. Mobility overhead, your mobility in your ankles, how you squat, everything has to be just so perfect. It's a challenge.
2: It's so cool. funny that people say that uh, like Olympic lifting is very like, you know, meat heady. You look at
1: it and you're like, ugh, but it's like dancing. It's like, it's dancing. like as
2: you were explaining this, your body is yeah. like flowing around. It's so it's romantic. It's so to beautiful. Me. Yeah. yeah. It's a
1: very romantic um, sport to me, which is a dying sport. Like CrossFit had brought it functional fitness had brought it back to life um, in the late 2000s, um, had brought this old sport back to life, and now the International Weightlifting Federation is like, pulling the number of people that are allowed to go to the Olympics. There's like shit going on in the weightlifting community right now that like people don't even know about. Like it is an Olympic sport that they are literally just pulling out from underneath oh, us. Oh no. Yeah. So, you know, but it's a
0: lot to do with the, with the drug problem, right?
1: Oh, well, there's probably that. There's just a lot going on. There's a a lot lot. going on. There's a lot going on with a lot. There's like, you know, like Russia and China and stuff. But it's great because you have, like,
2: because this planted the seed in you, it's like so fun to see just how many women you have gotten into weightlifting. Yes. Mm. Like that is very cool to see. It's very cool to see how you have kind of like – You found this like niche of perhaps even uh like people who would never even consider lifting and never spotted with a barbell before and so that's really fun to watch you like well
0: i think this i think there is something very powerful about strength and capability and there's nothing quite like the olympic lifts that brings those two things together yes like I am both strong and capable all exactly. at the same time. Exactly, I
2: yeah. agree. And, and that's what a lettuceism. beautiful way to build yeah. Uh, confidence.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. confidence builder yes. for sure. I think confidence builder. I think weightlifting. I'm almost like ten years into it, like with like ups and downs, obviously. Hmm. Um, but you know, I had never stuck to a weightlifting program as long as I've stuck to this Cal Strength program. Shout out Cal Strength Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I'm just finding every day is more and more fun. It's hard, but my body has gotten used to, like, squatting every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, some form of squat. Overhead squat, front squats, Let me back ask you squats. about, so
0: are, you, are you weightlifting four times a week, or? Yeah,
1: I'm, so I'm four days through Cal Strength Masters, and I'm doing one day on my own on Sundays of just, like, um, accessory lifts. Like,
0: GPP stuff? Exactly. Right.
1: GPP stuff.
0: Hmm. And your body's doing good?
1: Body's doing good. So my biggest thing is my tumor was originally in my mom's pubis. So my contact point is a little different now. Mm. Um, My hips were my strongest point Mm. of my snatch and clean and jerk. Probably to a default because I was getting a little bit of a hip pop and a crash of the barbell. So I've really had to like fine tune those lifts and I think I've only gotten better. That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. now I know like I don't have to crash the barbell into my vagina to get <laughs> it up overhead. Right. It's so, great.
2: Yeah, like you couldn't use yeah. that as a crutch anymore. Yes. So you had
1: to find like your right. way. Exactly, Beautiful. my way, yeah. And which ends up being the correct way. <laughs> um,
0: let me ask you this. So you've, you've improved as an athlete, you know, over, I the, think, over I the years. I think my
1: strength is... um if not the same as where it was when before I got pregnant, it may be a little higher. Amazing! I haven't maxed out any of those lifts since um, pre-pregnancy.
0: But your your definitely your knowledge and awareness of how oh you yes, one hundred
1: percent. My so, all I did in treatment was research stuff yeah. and read. Yeah. So I read a lot about
2: That's another tool. I was you had a you had something to like research. You had something yeah. to put your brain on. Yes, exactly. I knew I
1: wanted even though where forms. my tumor was I craved snatching. <laughs> I wanted to snatch right. so badly because there was something there that was hindering me from snatching and mm. all I wanted to do was, you know, Come back and do it. I love that.
0: Yeah. So at this point, like with everything that you've, you've gained, all the knowledge you've gained, what is what is the hardest thing about being a coach and getting meaningful results from your client? And that can be, you know, I know you do, do a ton of clients at home now, and you do, yeah. the, you know, you do the, uh, the the classes here for us. How do? You, wh- what are the biggest challenges for you now as a coach?
1: Is helping people through the mental aspect of working out, right? Because I can explain how to snatch. I can explain how to clean and jerk to the best of my knowledge and to help them get the lift safely executed. Um, I don't do a lot of weightlifting with my clients, but they squat, they overhead press, they do all of their basic compound lifts. But, you know, I had a woman doing box jumps. She was terrified of box jumps. And I I knew we had worked for two months doing box step-ups. Two months. I knew she had the strength to go and do it. I yeah. knew she had it, but there was a mental block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, so it's like two months and you could just very well say,
2: get over it. Just do it. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. You know, but you're like, okay, I'm going to take this, this mental block yes. and I'm going to train this out of you. Just yes. like how we would any other skill, any other exactly. Goal, well, it's, it's like thing. what
0: we were talking about the other day. It's like people tell themselves the story of, I'm not the person that can do this. And you have to change that narrative. I am the person that can exactly. do this. And we said the same thing about, like, the pink kettlebell the other day. Right. Like, I'm the person that uses a pink kettlebell. I use what a pink p- kettlebell. Well, so let's take a... We <laughs> about let, someone who's been using a, the pink kettlebell
2: a, for over two years and we're like, <laughs> move on. graduate to the blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like different. That's like different.
0: I said, it's the story you tell yourself. It's the story of, oh, yes. I'm the person that uses the pink kettlebell as, like... I'm the person that uses the blue kettlebell. And it's just a story that you tell yourself. It's not based in any kind of reality really. You just don't you don't consider yourself to be the person that can, so you don't. But once you once you make that step, yeah. You're never the person that does the pink kettlebell anymore. Exactly. I don't
1: I in that in this in that circumstance of the pink kettlebell or the box jumper, I don't give them an option. (laughs) We're not doing step ups. We're not using the pink kettlebell. You're grabbing the blue kettlebell and we'll be an hour. I will sit here for an hour until you jump on that box. Right. And we'll, if you don't do it today, we'll do it the next time. Right. And we're Mm -hmm. just going to get through that mental block like that. That's the way I would get through it. Mm -hmm. I remember box jumps were really hard for me when I first started. So it's like a hard movement. People are scared of... Of splitting open their shin, I assume. They've seen that on Instagram, probably. Yeah. Of someone with a terrible shin split open. But the I pink think head it's head that. Out.
0: But also, it's also just like having something in front of you that you don't think you can do. And it's like, it's yeah. a very, yeah. very simple human.
2: And it sounds like sad saying or weird saying this, but like it's that insecurity of like, oh, I can't do that. And it and it come like so you have to build up that like, oh wait, I can do that. Yes. Like, what is that like, you know, and that really is the most fun thing for coaches is to figure out what that thing is that's gonna turn the switch on to like watch that light bulb moment of like switch to I can do this yes. and I will do it and I will do it over and over and over yep. and over and over again. And that box and will and get and higher and higher and better. higher. Yep. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the fun part of being a coach because you see people that graduate from the pink kettlebell to the blue kettlebell to the yellow kettlebell. Next thing you know, they're doing the 53-pound kettlebell and you're like, holy crap. Also, if you take my class here at Farrah's Echo Park, I don't let you pick your weight. (laughs) I choose the weights for you. (laughs)
0: Um, On that kind of related to the subject, what are your non-negotiables both as a coach and as a human being?
1: Yeah, so my non-negotiables as a coach would be safety. Like, if you are hurting your, if you are going to hurt yourself or hurt someone around you, it's done. Like, we're going to start back from basics, body Hmm. weight movements. It's probably so safety is my number one. And then as a human, being kind to yourself. Yeah, I think that's something that took me a really long time to, like, even me just saying it right now, is, like, I've been through a lot, and, you know, my body isn't back to where it was, my weight isn't back to where it was, my snatch isn't back to where it was, I mean, I am maxing out this week, next week, next next week. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, it might be. (laughs) But, you know, everything isn't linear, so I... I'm just taking everything with a grain of salt one day at a time. And that's all you can do. And just love the people around you. And know that the next day isn't guaranteed. And um, this isn't the end all be all. Mm-hmm. You know? Like fitness isn't. Like it is my life. It is my career. It's my livelihood. But you know. You have a life. I have a life outside of this. Barely. But I do. Right. Well yeah. you have life. I have that's life. I have <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah good. That's a really good point. Yeah. So I have life. I have. I have a child. Yeah. I have have a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think so that kind of kind of everything kind of is coming back to that safety, Mm. like being secure, being safe, being loved, loving, like, um, letting the clients know, letting the members know that they are safe, they are loved and we appreciate them and like, they appreciate us. Like, I have a couple members, like, I only see here. They don't even really know, like, that, like, there's one member, Sarah Crampton. I don't even know you outside, Jim. I know nothing about you. I only <laughs> see you an hour once a week. But, like, I've seen you progress so much. I don't even know where you came from. But, like, I just, like, watch you, and I'm always, like, in awe. Like, just being in the awe of our members. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. like, so important to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's an incredible thing yeah. when you see that, that yeah it really
1: is yeah. like the b- the video of my client doing a box jump I got the most comments I on because Yeah, because people people even are like, inspired by people other people s- finding out
2: what they're capable of exactly even
1: like top tier athletes being like that's amazing yeah because you know we're all fucking human yep yeah. and cool. Instagram and social media and all this shit has changed the way we communicate but at the end of the day we just want to be safe and we just want to be loved yeah
0: mm. <sighs> So I a. I mean, that's a good point to finish on. I just, yeah. I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to ask one more thing because it has been an incredible journey for you. Yes. You Have a lot of time. If you were to go through the same thing again, is there anything different you would tell yourself? Is there anything you would like to have done differently, or is it all kind of like taking the course that? I was think
1: best? this will, it will kind of piggyback on the last thing. Be kind to myself. Right. Yeah, I think the hardest part is you know. I I came back from Atlanta right before I got pregnant, and I was the fittest I had ever been. I had a six-pack. I was just jacked. I was fucking Mm. strong. I was tan, like, all these, like, vain things that people see and be like, I want to be like her. But 25 weeks later, no one wanted to be like me, you know? Like, so I just be kind to myself. Like, just be a little bit more aware that, you know, I'm going through a lot and not, it's not all just fight or flight. Like I need to like sit down and like decompress. Uh,
0: and how can people reach you? Where can they find you?
1: Um, I am almost Robin lifts, almost Robin lifts on Instagram. Um, that's it. That's how you reach, That's me. How you reach That's me. me. That's how you me. That's it. it. That's, it. it. That's, That's the, the only way you website? can reach That's me. Yeah. Um, here at Pharaohs. Yeah, or um, just come say hi to or you. Or just come say hi to yeah. me. I'm here Saturday mornings. Um That class is hard to get into, but my Tuesday night class is a good time to come. And are and you taking
0: on any private clients right now huh? or are you...
1: She's not. <laughs> Honestly, you could get maybe get on a wait
2: list if yeah. you're if you're excited. Get on. A wait like, list. Uh, I was like, sh- let's not get, force her to. We're we'll coming like, into January first. I'm scared. She, <laughs> she she is she is has a, a full roster, jam packed with clients. But if you are interested in working with
1: her, you can DM her. See if yes. she has yeah. a spot. We'll get you on a wait list. If you um, need advice or any help. Yes. Right. Any advice? Any help? I'm. DM me. I will. I will. Gladly talk to you through Instagram. We can text through phone numbers in real life as well.
0: Yeah. All um, right, Robin. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks I really so much, you guys. So thank so you nice. for having
1: me, and thank you for being our sound engineer. Uh, <laughs> he just
2: produces this whole thing. He's producer, the this thing happens. Our
1: producer, yeah. sound engineer, the best. All yeah. photographer. Ooh. All right, man. Many hats. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Nice
0: that is it for today. Uh, we will see you real soon. Uh, stay safe out there. Take care, and see ya
2: Bye. So cute.